We are helping owners create cash flow and pay down their mortgage, while our guests feel like a millionaire for the time that they stay with us. It's no secret that focusing on others' outcome ultimately leads to more income for you and your company. Welcome to the Good Endeavor Short-Term Rental Show. Hello, and welcome again to the Good Endeavor Short-Term Rental Show. I'm your host, Mark McDaniel. Today, we are in our fourth of four installments of our leadership series, Bobby Harrington and I, who's a uh, good friend and pastor, short-term rental owner. Um, We've also got really, really exciting news um, to share with you kind of towards the middle and later in the show about um, how we're going to transition some of the show and have um, different guests on and kind of a different profile of the show. But we'll get to that when we get to that. Today is more about failing forward, like using failure as a motivator. And so the greatest leaders or the greatest inventors and some of the best entrepreneurs of all time um, have failed forward. And so before we get started, I wanted to go through a list of folks who have failed um, heroically and, and came back from it. So first is um, Einstein. A lot of people don't know about this, but he struggled with math at a really young age. Michael Jordan got cut from his JV team. Um, Henry Ford, his first two auto companies failed. Oprah Winfrey got fired from her first um, job in the kind of the showbiz industry. She was actually in in the news industry. Seinfeld, his first time going on stage, he got booed off stage. He's an incredible story of kind of failing forward. Uh, Sir James Dyson, if you don't know that name, Dyson Vacuum Cleaners, he had 5,126 failed prototypes. Incredible. Thomas Edison, they tested thousands of material, him and his associates, tested thousands of material for the modern day light bulb. J.K. Rowling, she had 12 rejections of publishers before Harry Potter finally got published. And then Sarah Blakely, who created Spanx, she went through thousands of prototypes. She actually sold uh, door-to-door for a while and got plenty of rejections that way and then sold um, sold several things, but went through thousands of prototypes of Spanx before landing on the perfect material uh, to move forward with that product. So I just wanted to start off the show that way, just as a motivator and um, just a way to say, hey, listen, it's not the end of the world. It certainly sets you back, but it certainly is a great teacher too. So with that being said, Bobby, I know you, uh, you're you smart in this area too. What do, you, what do you have to say? Yeah, that's such a good intro, just all those different examples and, you know, I think we probably all can think of additional stories and stuff that we hear in business, on the news, you know, in the sports world and all that. But I think for some reason, most of us make some sort of transition when we maybe get out of college or become adults where we don't want to fail and we think that failure is fatal and we think that we've really done something wrong if failure happens. When you go back to when you were a kid, just think about it, like, everything in your life was you had to fail to be able to learn, you know, like when you went and played baseball for the first time or played some other sport or learning to play an instrument or learning to do chores, anything, 
like you, you don't have any experience. You're probably going to, there's, there was probably a lot of failure there and it was, it was normal and that's the way you learn. But at some point, I'm not really sure why, maybe we can talk about it. At some point, some sort of uh, switch for most people kind of flips where you think, okay, I can't fail. You know, I'm in this job or I'm trying to do this business thing or I'm trying to do this investment thing. It can't fail. I can't fail. And that keeps people from so much, from so much learning, from so much experience, from doing way bigger things because we're afraid to fail. Like why, like, why do you think that is like that many, I mean, you have the famous entrepreneurs, like, like you're talking about, you know, like these famous inventors, entrepreneurs, they're obviously not, they're, they're willing to fail. But for most of us, we're very afraid of failure. I think it's, um, it, this is so deep on so many levels. I think, um, I've got a lot to say about it, but I'm, I'm reminded, and I think I've mentioned it on this show before, this book by Tim Grover, who was Michael Jordan's personal trainer. He wrote a book called Relentless. And he talks about how when we're like two years old, like we fail at trying to stand up and walking and walk like over and over and over and over and over. But it never enters your mind to not try to walk. Like that never enters the child's mind. And then I'm also reminded of like immigrants, who come here and start businesses with like zero money, zero contracts, zero like know-how sometimes. And they start these businesses from scratch and they make them into something great. Like, and that's kind of how the original idea of this American dream came about. But I think social circumstances, like deep inside of us, we want to appear to be sex successful and like we've got it all figured out. And so we don't want to be found out. Like, we don't want people to think that we're a fraud and we're afraid to be vulnerable because if you're not afraid to be vulnerable, then you're not afraid to fail. But if you're afraid to be vulnerable, then that goes hand in hand with afraid and being afraid to fail. And I think a lot of it just goes back to like, you build this identity over time of like, I'm the guy who does this. Oh, well, my friend Jim and my friend Derek and my friend Bill, like, they've got successful careers and they're doing well. Like, I don't want to go meet them for lunch and tell them that like, I'm down to my last dollar and I'm trying to, you know, I failed and like, it's potentially socially embarrassing. And I think it's a little bit of a Western culture thing, you know, like part of, part of the Western culture, like, you know, you go out to Silicon Valley and like there's startups all over the place and they fail a lot. But a lot of like mainstream America, I think, is just we're afraid of how people will view us. I don't know if it's, I mean, I think it's a, there's a, it's just a whole mixed batch of stuff. Like a lot of it is social pressure and a lot of it is just like, um, I want to provide, you know, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. And so, but I think it comes down to identity. Right. Yeah. One of the things that I think about with failure that, uh, you know, I think to, to maybe grow out of the mindset of always fearing failure. One of the switches I think that needs to happen is I think in almost every area of life, failure is essential to be able to learn and grow, you know, especially in business. Like you think of any company that's starting the quicker you can experience stuff that's not working 
the quicker you can get to stuff that is working. But we want to, a lot of times, bat like a thousand, you know? Like we we, we think, oh, if I'm going to go make this investment, it has to, you know, it has to be perfect. It has to work 100% of the time. But any great company or any great person, the 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 failures far, far, far outnumber, you know, the the number of times where they got it right. But it's it's the ability to to get it wrong and keep going forward that I think is what actually allows you to learn. Like it gives you like the data to figure out, okay, this is the direction we need to go. And I think people that are willing to fail quicker they get that data a lot quicker, you know, instead of taking like five or 10 years to get that data and feedback, they just get it like very soon, you know, and they're able to, they're able to pivot, turn. And then that, that's how people I think end up creating like really great stuff is through all those times of failure. And there's, there's so many ways to learn now. Like we're, we live in an age where there's experts on podcasts and books and stuff like this that, you can learn so much. But to your point, there's no better teacher than massive action. And so you can like formulate and analyze and analyze and analyze and think you're making the most asymmetrical bet. And a lot of times you are. And I'm not saying that those are bad things, but nothing is as good a teacher as massive action. A hundred percent. Yeah. Because when you take massive action, that's when you learn what you really need to know in terms of what you like, what you don't like, what's working, what's not working. You know, I remember when, um, the first time I ran a hundred mile race, you know, it's kind of a crazy thing to think about running a hundred miles in one day. And it was a major failure, like major failure. Uh, you know, I took like 10 hours longer than I was expecting you know, I thought I was going to compete for the podium. That didn't happen. Those people finished a full half a day before me. And everything everything about it was just, I mean, I finished, which was a huge success, but I learned so much. And, and I had done a bunch of other races, but nothing that long. And doing a race that long revealed a bunch of stuff that I still hadn't figured out yet. A bunch of stuff that I still needed to learn. And the only way that I learned it was through doing that. And honestly, it took two or three races like that, which is just kind of crazy because you can't, you can't, you can't do these races like every couple of weeks, like you need time to recover and rest. But I just kept holding on to that belief of, I know this is going to go better, but I got to keep learning and I got to keep moving forward. Even though at times at my lower moments, I thought to myself, maybe I should never do this again. Maybe I'm not good at this. Maybe this is never going to work out. And a lot of people, unfortunately, after one or two failures, when they're trying to do something, they take that as a sign from the universe that they shouldn't be doing it. And they just quit, you know, when in reality, it's like, well, no, that's, that's, that's part of every normal process of success. I mean, think about it this way. Like there's, you don't think, you don't think you're an inspiration to anybody. I mean, maybe you do, but for the, for the majority, we don't think that people are looking at us. We don't think our kids are looking at us in a certain way. We think our kids look at us as a way to get discipline, as a way to get money, as a way to get food. But that's not true. They're looking at what we do. Like, did mom and dad try 
something? Did they put themselves out there? Are they willing to put themselves out there? And I think about like, um, like I'm not put here to be in a shell and to be protected, um, you know, from whatever elements might, might hurt me. And I think about like Sarah Blakely, when she was a kid, she tells the story and she was a creator of Spanx. She tells the story that every night at dinner, her dad asked, what did you fail at today? And if you didn't, if you didn't fail at anything means you didn't try anything. And so the incentive was do something until you fail today, because that's the best, that is the absolute best teacher, like 5,126 prototypes for the Dyson vacuum cleaner. The first one was terrible. The 5,000th one, he was getting a lot closer, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy. And that's why, you know, we've talked about in other podcasts, you and I, Bobby, have talked about like goals and vision. And that's why like during the midst of failure, it's so important to have had that vision laid out already for what the end is going to look like, what your future identity is going to look like. Because in the midst of the failure, like it's easy if you don't have that vision and that goal to just kind of go back in. But I think that's what life's about. It's about doing like, it's about trying stuff and about representing yourself, your family, your image, whatever you're trying to represent in your life in a, in a, in a great way. And so, and it's sometimes the character you do it with. So it's, it's net, it's, it's not always about the end result the gold medal. It's about the the process to get there. And the process has to involve failure. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, this is kind of the deeply, um, you know, mental or, or emotional or spiritual thing around failure is you got to be able to separate failure from thinking you're a failure. You know what I mean? That's because that's where a lot of people struggle. They think, okay, if this fails, I am a failure. I personally am a failure, you know, which is not true, you know, which is why I think, you know, in business and, and all the other areas of our life, you know, our identity can't be grounded in, you know, the success or failure of a thing, you know, like we, we've got to have an identity outside of that. And that then allows you to to, to have failures, to have mistakes, to have areas that don't go well. And then you don't think, okay, I'm, you know, I'm Bobby's a failure. Mark's a failure. Have you, you got any tips for kind of getting like making that separation? Cause I do think that's where a lot of people struggle. I do too. We, I'm, um, I'm part of an organization and we host PGA players at our local country club every year. And, um, there's a golf tournament that comes to my hometown and as part of the golf tournament, we host these PGA players and they get on stage and they talk about their story of how they came up through the PGA ranks, how they got their tour card and what life is like on tour. And this year, actually, um, one of the tour players, pretty famous tour player, he had to overcome the, this idea of this identity of being a failure, being a choker, actually. This is actually what he said. And so he would, he would go into the lead on Sundays of these events and he would give up these leads. Like he did this like three times during the tour season. And he was like, I'm a choker, I'm a choker. And so he would go to the, the tour chaplain and he'd be like, listen, like, this is who I am. I'm a choker. And so it took several times for him to be like, you 
That is not who you are. You choked. You failed. You choked, but you are not a choker. Like you are one of the best players in the world, and you have every reason to think that you will close out one of these tournaments very, very soon because you're right at the cusp. You're not a choker. That's not who you are. So I don't have any tips or tricks other than like, I think you have to have this knowledge like, it, and it comes down to your identity. Like if you believe you're a child of God and you buried the image of God, then you know that you're not a failure. You know you shouldn't have this shame. You know that you're not a choker. You know that you're just on the verge. You're just, you're just on the verge. I think it, I think it just means that you're just one step closer. Um, and it's a mindset shift for sure. Yeah, I think some of it is, you know, if you could just have a totally, and, and many entrepreneurs get here and they end up being very successful. If you just have a totally different um, view of failure, totally just diff- a totally new and different perspective of failure. Because for many creators and entrepreneurs that have a lot of experience, they they just don't view failure as failure, right? Like you don't want to lose all your money and you don't want to destroy your company and you don't want to, you want to try to mitigate failure the best that you can. But I remember reading, uh, there's a couple of books uh, called Amazon Unbound, I think. And there's one other one. It's like the history, it's like the 20 year history of Amazon. And one of the things that really just impressed me reading about that is, you know, Jeff Bezos would sometimes take like five, six, seven years to let a project work itself out. Meaning it wouldn't even be profitable for seven years and they would stay committed to it and it would continue to fail and it wouldn't work out and it wouldn't be what they expected. And they would continue to take that data and they would learn from it, learn from it, learn from it. And they would just be committed to the process of it. You know, that's one of the ways that you know, a lot of people, not as much anymore, but I think a couple of years ago would be shocked when they learned about like Amazon Web Services, which was like a totally different business than, you know, Am- Amazon's like online storefront. It got to the point where it was making up like, you know, a crazy amount of billions of dollars of business. And that was just through trial and error over time. And many good, I think, entrepreneurs just get to the point where, Maybe they even take like pride in in certain failures, you know, because they know, okay, down this pathway, wow, great. I'm going to be able to learn and this thing is going to get a lot better. So it's just totally having a different shift in the mind. And I think it, like there's so many things that can be transferred from one business to the other. So I would just say this as an encouragement. Like if if you have any inclination to be an entrepreneur or any inclination to start something on the side, to have a side hustle, think of it like you're building your baseline. So maybe your baseline, I'm going to use like altitude as, as an example. Maybe your baseline is at sea level today. But you build your first business, you've gotten up to a thousand feet of altitude. So that way, every future business, say you sell this business, every future endeavor that you might have, you're already at a certain baseline that you, you've put in the work and you've failed to success and you won't do those things again. Like you don't have to go through it again. So think about it like as a rite of passage, so to speak. Like every entrepreneur, every starter has to go through it. You can learn a lot online and you can buy, you know, I would say even if you're buying a business, 
there's going to be failure in that too. Like you're going to make mistakes in that analyzation process. You're going to make mistakes in, you know, the the partner that you choose. You're going to make mistakes in like the contract that you write up, but you're going to establish a baseline that's at a higher level than you were before. So for every future endeavor, you've got that. And I think that's the way like, you know, you talk about Dyson's prototypes or Sarah Blakely's prototypes, like every time failed her a little bit forward up the chain. And I think it's, you know, if you want to do it, you got to go through it. For sure. The other thing I think about accepting failure and learning from it and having that different perspective is, you know, I think you actually become more clear headed when you are willing to accept failure and you know that it's part of the process. So, you know, I think people that are um, really afraid of failure and, you know, are doing everything they can not to fail, they can end up being, I think, kind of cloudy when it comes to like seeing failure for what it is. Because if if you have that sort of personality where like we can never fail, we can never fail, we can never fail, those people are at times are willing to even kind of shade when things actually are failing. Because everything in their mind is saying, I can't fail, I can't fail, I can't fail. They're unwilling to look at the numbers and look at things for what they are. You know, when if you if you're willing to just accept, hey, it is part of the process, you're able to look at when maybe things aren't going well with a little bit more clarity and learn from that a lot quicker versus, you know, just kicking the can down the road, maybe with a bad real estate investment or some bad investment you made because you're, you're, you're unwilling to accept the failure. And so you're not even able to look, look at it for what it is, which is going to make it make it a lot worse, you know? That's so good. I was I was just going through a goal setting um, seminar last night, and um, one of the like one of the very first things that the uh, moderator keyed in on was like you have to take a real hard, honest assessment of where you are. Like if you if you're going to if you're going to lie to yourself about where you are then it's going to be way harder to achieve any goal because then you don't know what you have to improve on and you're not going to focus on it. Like, so you got to be, you got to get to a point where you don't feel like you have to pretend. And the crazy thing is like, you know, I can kind of understand why folks feel like they have to pretend around like in a social setting. But a lot of times we pretend to ourselves, like we, we, we lie to ourselves. And so that's like, that's the worst failure. You want to talk about a failure that you, that's hard to come back from is when you can't, you can't be really honest with yourself because if you can't do that, then you, it's impossible to move forward. It's impossible to go to start, you know, the flywheel effect. Like that's, that's like a baseline. And so I think you bring up a really good point there in that, you know, one, First thing is like, take a good inventory of where you are today. And like, what does it really mean? Like ultimately, you know, if I fail today in a year, like, what does that really mean? If I failed today and I gave up in a year, what does it mean? If I failed today and I kept doing it, then what does it mean? Like, you know, the goals, the vision, the honesty, like all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. One of the things I think, you know, because obviously we're not saying like, oh, it's it's fun to fail or like, oh, the goal of your business should be to fail 
or the goal of your life should be to fail. We're just saying, hey, that's one of the best ways to learn. It's inevitable. You can't avoid it. It's going to happen. If you have that right mindset on it, it is really going to change how you react to failure. You're going to be able to bounce back quicker. So I think one of the things in this discussion that's probably worthwhile to talk about, especially as it applies to business, but maybe other areas of life too, is I think you have this balance of you know, taking bigger risks when you have more experience with something, right? Like you still could fail. I mean, someone could be an amazing entrepreneur with a ton of experience in a particular industry and they they could still have a massive failure at some point. Most major companies will go bankrupt at some point. But I do think there is this balance of like, you you don't want to you know, when you think about business, if you don't have a lot of experience, you don't want to risk like everything that you have, right? On something that you don't have a lot of experience. It's like that, okay, that just wouldn't be wise. You, There is going to have to be some risk, but we do try to need to have this balance between the more experience we have and then the risk that we're willing to take, you know? Uh, a good example is in real estate, right? I mean, you're not going to, you're probably not going to start out, you know, trying to buy a a, a hundred unit apartment building. I mean, it's, it's perspective too. Like, so that is a huge risk for somebody who's just starting out, right. but somebody who's been through it, like that's, that's the same risk as that starting out, like somebody flipping a hundred thousand dollar house. Like it's just, it's just perspective. And like you mentioned that a lot of fortune 500 companies fail and that's true. I think this is an opinion. I think it's because they lose the founder mentality. Like it's a lot of folks who come into it and, you know, it's a conservative, you know, they don't, they don't have it all on the line. Like somebody who would manage a business who's, who founded the company, who has that passion and the vision and the goals for the company, like, like somebody who, who doesn't care about the company as much, you know? And so just an opinion that might not be true at all. I don't, I don't have any data to back that up. I mean... Um, there's probably something to that. I mean, you know, in the investing world, like if you're trying to, if you're trying to make a lot of money, then it's like, okay, you need to, you need to take a ton of risk and you need to learn to grow. And then the more stuff you have, you need to go on the defensive and you need to protect that. There probably is something to that. You know, when you totally go on the defensive you know, it it maybe feels it maybe feels like you're protecting, but maybe long term that's maybe more risky than being on the offensive. I think you're right. That's that's really good. And and so many companies transition and that's why they lose their like edge in the industry when they start protecting versus innovating. And so I think back to my like short term rental career, like first, you know, we sold a business in 2015. It was in IT, completely unrelated from real estate. Um, I started investing in the Smokies like in 16. I started buying houses. I probably bought five houses the first year. And I I see this as a failure, but also see it as a success. Like um, at the time I sold those houses and I churned money and then I paid a ton of capital gains because I didn't know any better. I didn't understand taxes that well. And then I reinvested the money in, in different houses um, so I didn't understand 1031 exchanges. I didn't understand taxes. Like the point of all this is like, I profited. I turned these houses, I made a profit, but I failed 
forward, like when I, the pain of me having to pay that tax bill and the pain of like seeing that house appreciate over time, like just in the next year, seeing it appreciate over time helps me understand to know that, man, buy an old, that's a pretty good strategy. There's ways to efficiently do this from a tax standpoint uh, that I didn't know about it, but that forced me to go and seek out those directions. If I hadn't gone through that pain, like I feel like tax sometimes is the the tail that wags the whole dog in real estate for me sometimes. Like I've gone so deep down that hole. And so um, like it's, I think it's a great thing. Like you learn so much. And and just for us personally, another thing is we started a property management company. And so we were with probably eight different property managers. And um, each time, like we learned, oh man, I would have done this different. I wonder if there's a property manager out there who does this different. And so we would seek out that thing. And once we found that thing, then you would, it was like whack-a-mole. And you would find out like, oh man, I wish this was different. And so finally we reached a point where we were like, if we're going to do this, like we got to, we got to do it right. We got to check all these boxes on our own. Um, keep seeking this out is, is not working. And so, and then even amongst that, like after we've started our property management business, there's been a lot of failure in that. We've hired contractors, we've done all kinds of things that we've learned from that's put us to a point, you know, that thousand foot elevation that we'll never have to go back down to sea level again. It's um, it's fascinating in hindsight. It's really fascinating. And, and what will encourage you the most, I think, is if you keep a daily journal, like if you started, if you started a new endeavor, or even if you started at a new job and you keep a daily journal from the start and you look back at all the things that you struggled with, you're going to be like, wow, I have overcome so much and I didn't even think about it in this in this role just because it was part of what you do but for but somehow you would never do that on your own you would do it in a bubble but you won't do it out here like in the open space so just a little food for thought yeah one of the things that makes me think about when you're just talking about all that is like there's just an unavoidable you know failures that have to happen many times I do think there are some times that I, I, I know you would agree and a lot of even what this podcast is about, like some of those maybe were very expensive mistakes that maybe could have been avoided had you been around some of the right people, you know, that, that, that maybe could have given you just totally free advice or mentorship or, or whatever. But, you know, at times I do think we just have to learn those hard lessons. You know, we, hopefully they're not too expensive, you know, like, uh, but some, some lessons, I mean, you, you basically just, you know, you, you, you personally paid for the education and all that stuff, you know, the taxes, yeah. 1031, the way all that stuff works. The more it stings, man, the more you are motivated to, uh, figure that out. And what's the, the cool thing is like all my friends and associates and business partners have benefited from that too, because, I'm like John the Baptist out there. I'm telling everybody, like, don't do this, do this. And so, I mean, if if you're a pay it forward type person, man, like failure is your friend. That sting, it hurts in the moment, but you'll never forget it. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess 
we're we're not going to wrap it up yet, but but to tie a bow on this, like the the point Bobby and I are trying to get across is like we're not suggesting to purposely go out and fail. We're suggesting to try some if and when you try something new, it's going to happen. So we're we're suggesting don't be discouraged by it, be encouraged by it. Because you're way better person in the future. Your future self is way better and can lend way more support to the next generation or your friend or your family, whoever it is. You have a way better chance of impacting other people through failure than you do of everything just being tidy and, you know, put together for you in a, in a nice little comfortable zone. Yeah, for sure. The, for, for me, a big takeaway, just kind of a summation would be you know, you, the goal is for you to be able to go after the vision of whatever it is that you're doing. The goal is not perfection. Like perfection's not going to happen. That's impossible. Um, even if it was possible, you really wouldn't want it to happen because you're 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 gonna you're gonna be better through all the different twists and turns and mistakes and failures. And so, just to remember, always keep that vision in view and just know that along that path. There's going to be a ton of failure along the way. It doesn't mean you're a failure. And in fact, you're probably going to be a lot better because of it. You're going to learn a lot more and it's going to really accelerate your journey. And so just shifting that perspective the best you can and mitigating, hopefully you don't lose everything, you know, in the failures. Yeah. Man, that is so good. Um, transitioning a little bit, we we have some awesome, exciting news that I alluded to at the start of the show. We're going to transition the show a little bit to um, the, we're going to rename it and rebrand it, the Good Endeavor Business Show. And the good thing about that is we're not neglecting short-term rentals. Like that's still kind of the identity of what our businesses are at, at heart. But we think we have a lot to learn from other businesses. So we'll be interviewing other small business owners, sometimes big business owners, maybe sometimes they're authors and folks kind of outside of industry in general. But we want to find out like the heart of why small businesses tick, the heart of why people do what they do tick. And um, we're really, really excited. And so please keep on tuning in. Stay tuned. Bobby, um, what are you most excited about this moving forward? Yeah, I'm really excited uh, to continue to just learn from different people that are out there doing really great things. And you know, just being really great leaders in their business, but also just in their life and all the different spheres and areas of life and any sort of value that we can add from our experience of trying to be a good leader in all the different areas of life and try to make an, an impact in all the different areas of life. Uh, I'm excited about that. And uh, yeah, I really, I really can't wait. I feel, feel like it's going to be a great move and it's going to be really exciting moving forward. Awesome. And with that being said, Bobby, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this or not, but Bobby and I are co-hosts um, kind of moving forward. And so I'm really pumped about that because we're kind of of, of like mindset and uh, we think about life very similarly. And so, um, and we think about this podcast very similarly. And so our hope and our prayer is that you guys are all deriving a lot of value from this and uh, any feedback is welcome. And we really appreciate you tuning in. What else, Bobby? Anything else today, man? No, I think that's it. Uh, yeah, I think great, great episode. Um, thinking about, you know, failure and how to learn from it and, you know, and, ho and hopefully how to, you know, be able to help others too. You mentioned that a little bit, you know, like as we close, like, 
being able to help our kids know, hey, failure's not fatal. You know, you're not defined by it. And being able to kind of lead others around us and, and people that we're leading in business and work, you know, like if we can relieve them, like at our church, you know, we have 75, um, we have 75 employees and it's such a good thing for people to know. I can try, I can take risks. Failure is not fatal. I can learn from it. It makes for such a better culture of learning and a culture of moving forward. So hopefully we can, all of us that are kind of on this journey can pay that forward and helping others know, hey, failure is not fatal. Create an environment that that nurtures being able to fail. I think that's great advice. Great advice for your family and for your business. Well, man, really appreciate you, dude. Yep. I think that wraps it up today. So folks, keep tuning in and we'll bring you another podcast next week. Take care. Thank you for listening. And don't forget about the tools available to subscribers. The Property Manager Self-Assessment Tool, My Property Upgrade Walkthrough List, or the chance to feel like a millionaire for the weekend by checking out one of our own properties in person. It's all available on our website, www.goodendeavorstrshow.com.